www.sbsenglish.net. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about, you guessed it, the Kingdom of God. Now, that's the way we start our programs, because that's what His Holy Church is all about. It's about preaching that the Kingdom of God is at hand, and that we are to be seeking the righteousness of God in everything that we do. Most people haven't got a clue what that looks like. What is the righteousness of God? How do you know what the righteousness of God would look like? I mean, does he give us any guidelines to go by so that we could tell, are we being righteous? Are we being unrighteous? Is there anything that we have or know that will shed light on this subject of righteousness and being righteous as God? Well, of course, and we find much of that in the Bible. And even though there have been many men who have preached the Bible and twisted the meanings that are there, the meanings are still there fairly accurately. Uh, I think they're they're remarkably accurately uh, presented there. Even in the King James Bible, which is, uh, most people have a real hard time understanding because they don't understand the English at the time that it was written. And because of the fact that words have multiple meanings, every word that you find in the dictionary almost has four, five, six, seven, even 15, 20 sometimes different definitions. And some of those definitions are quite different. I mean, very, very different. And so, how do we know what we're really reading? Well, we need people, learned men, who uh, examine these words and examine history and examine context and examine language and look at this and also have the Holy Spirit in their hearts to guide them in their understanding. And then they help us Understand. I mean, if you're going to go climb a mountain and you've never been on a mountain before, you might want a guide, somebody who's experienced in mountain climbing, to go with you and help you climb that mountain safely, find the route that is best for you to travel. And that that guide would go along with you. He would even tether himself to you with a rope so that if you fell, he fell. (laughs) And so that you would be safe and part of his skill would become, uh, you know, his previous history of studying the mountain and studying mountain climbing uh, and would be tied to your fate. And he would be as dependent upon you not making a mistake as he would be dependent upon his own self. Now, Most mountain climbing guides will also carry a knife to cut that rope (laughs) when you do something really stupid. Uh, And he is, uh, maybe you, if you're with a bunch of people, you're actually doing something so stupid, he he could actually cause the death of everybody else in the party. And, you know, they would make a genuine effort to save you, but if you were... Uh, got yourself in a situation where you would drag everybody else over the cliff, they would cut the rope. And, of course, the reason I'm talking about this, I had no idea I was going to get into that particular analogy, but that is a little bit of what we talked about on Blog Talk 
you can go to Blog Talk uh, Radio and probably download the show and listen to it. Uh, and you can find out about it at hisholychurch.org, where that show is. It uh, usually takes a few minutes before the recording goes up. But we talked about Pentecost. We talked about sovereign citizens. We talked about the baptism of fire of the Holy Spirit as opposed to the baptism of water, which was John the Baptist. John the Baptist pointed out, I only baptize you with water. There's one who comes after me who baptizes you with, you know, the Holy Spirit and fire. And, of course, we see them making reference to these tongues of fire on Pentecost. And again, when you see these words like tongues of fire, was there actually a flame there? Uh, was that actually what you were seeing? There's a phenomenon that has occurred and uh, uh, where the people see this actual like flickering light over the top of someone's head. And uh, it's supposed to be the Holy Spirit, according to some. Maybe it's just a flickering light. I don't know. But the point is, is that flickering light is... Uh, is what they were talking about. Now, when Jesus was baptized, they saw this thing descend out of the heaven like a dove. Now, I I have doves. Uh, when they fly, their wings flap. Very distinctive flapping uh, compared to a lot of other birds. <coughs> and if you saw something in daylight that was brighter than the surrounding light and it was descending over a man's head and it was flickering like a tongue of fire but was big like a pigeon you might refer to what you see I, I saw this light that appeared like a pigeon because that would give you some sort of reference that's common in language saw a flying saucer you didn't actually see a saucer but they they reference what they saw with terms that they have, you know. And when we read these terms in the Bible, you know, we went up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Some artist draws horses and a chariot, and the chariot's on fire, and he's sitting in the back, and he's uh, swinging the reins. Well, that may be what happened, but they're taking... Uh, you know, a verbal explanation uh, using the language of the day and drawing a picture based on that verbal explanation, which was not all that detailed. I think one of the most amazing uh, explanations of something that someone saw, uh, which was a prophet of the Bible, 600 uh, B.C., talks about seeing the future, being taken to the future, and seeing something that had wheels underneath it but four wings two in the front and two in the back and a crystalline dome on top with a man inside and when it went by it sounded like many waters roaring waters and when you looked up its tail you saw a furnace now, this is in the Bible. This description's in the Bible of something he saw. He saw, he referred to this as a beast. And something that was moving about like something alive. But it had this crystal dome on top and a man inside. Now, was he talking about a jet airplane? I don't know. It sounds amazing, doesn't it, though? That description fits pretty good. But if you had an artist drawing this thing in 1500s he would not draw an uh, X-15 he would not draw a jet he would draw something with feathered wings you see because that's his frame of reference he's, he's taking a limited description and coming up with an image of what he thinks they're talking about but the, the description is just not that much in detail and so words have a tendency to leave us I always remember reading a story when I was a small boy about UFOs it was some uh, blue book project or something I think Colonel Keyholes or something I mean this is 
when I was a small boy. This is 45, 50 years ago. Uh, actually, it might have been longer ago than that. But uh, it was one of these uh, men in black type books uh, way back then, which is different than what we see today. But uh, and they talk about a strange person who came to their door, and he had extremely long arms. And I've got a picture of my head of arms reaching down to about his ankles. Uh, very tall. Okay, he's lurch. He, he's, his head is going above the doorway with a very small head. And uh, so I've got a head about the size of a baseball on top of this guy. Chris, I'm reading a book about aliens and UFOs. <laughs> and so I'm drawing a picture according to my imagination. Well, then the guy says that he is... Uh, representing a law firm and they invite him in well if he then suddenly when i i see in the context of the story that they invited him suddenly his head was not as small as a baseball but closer to the size of a regular man's head just small in comparison to his height he wasn't uh seven foot eight but he was maybe six foot five <laughs> and his arms were long uh, but not past his knees so the original picture was drawn based on the fact that I'm reading an alien UFO book, <laughs> uh, and it was distorted by what I thought they were seeing. You know, my own influence influenced what I was reading. And, of course, when people read the Bible, they come with a preconceived notion as to what they're reading and what it's all about. And I don't know what that... Uh, looks like in your head but I know that there probably isn't two heads on the face of this planet that everything looks exactly the same because our own personal history writes that preconceived notion that we come to the Bible with and we have these ideas that uh, based on what preachers are telling us and many preachers are as screwed up and as mixed up and as confused and even as evil as the very Pharisees who crucified Christ. And if Christ was back here again, they would refer to him as a false prophet and condemn him. And if they had the power, they would condemn him to death. And yet they call themselves Christian ministers. And I know men who would say, "Oh, but they're 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 very uh, spiritual men. They're very they want to." Be, I mean, you find a bishop molesting children, collecting millions of dollars from his uh, vast uh, church, uh, living a life of extreme luxury, self-indulgent but a good dang preacher and they catch him molesting children and they don't want to judge him well we shouldn't judge him <laughs> what? he's molesting children it's not a matter of judgment. why is he still your bishop why did, was he able to take these millions of dollars that were giving him by you supposedly for the purposes of Christ and pays off these accusers so that he doesn't have to go to court and the truth be revealed. How stupid can Christians get? You know, I am fond of a phrase, you can lead a Christian to knowledge, but you can't make him think. Well, you can lead a Christian to the truth, but you can't make him repent. He has to choose to repent. And you, there is absolutely no reason to repent if you're not willing to admit that you erred and you made a mistake. So there have been complaints that have uh, come to me from time to time uh, through the network. I hear of those complaints. Uh, not, I don't know if they're about me or what, but anyway, that we don't tell you enough about what you can actually do. Well, first you have to repent. I mean, like when Christ started his gospel, he says, you know, uh, repent, turn around from what you've been doing because you're all doing what the 
the, the Pharisees were doing. You've all established systems of Corbin, systems of social welfare, based on forced contributions, forced sacrifice, the foolish forced sacrifices that Saul attempted to do, and Samuel called foolish. You've all done this, and you've done this not because somebody tricked you, but because you coveted your neighbor's goods. You said, hey, yeah, I'd like some of those benefits. Now, I'll admit some of you signed up for this because you were told that this is what you do. But didn't you feel funny about that? Didn't you feel funny about sending your kids to public schools at your neighbor's expense? Didn't you ever think beyond what everybody else is telling you? Didn't it ever become uncomfortable for you? Well, if it did, that's good. It should be uncomfortable for you to sin. Because that's covetousness is a sin. That's one of those guidelines. We're starting at kind of the end of the guidelines, but it's not any less important than the ones at the beginning of the guidelines. How is it loving your neighbor to covet your neighbor's goods and to hire men to go to your neighbor's house and force them to contribute to your free education, your children's free education, your your free health care, your free welfare, your free Social Security? How is that loving your neighbor to force your neighbor to contribute and to go under the authority of a sword, a gun, or whatever you want to have it in order to maintain your society? I'm not talking about defending it from beasts and, and brutes of the world. I'm talking about just feeling safe. You have to force your neighbor to make a peace offering to guarantee your protection. Your military is a social welfare military. It is based on forced contributions of your neighbor. They have to contribute. They even have to give up their sons and daughters. Now, they're going to make it so that both sons and daughters are forced into not only military service, but civilian service. Somebody saw our video on the Internet today, uh, uh, not my tea party. You know, uh I think that everybody should go to the uh, and look at our videos up there. And I'd like to get more up there, but I just don't seem to have the time to make it happen. Um, because there's, uh, well, I'll tell you, be honest, because there's not very many people supporting this government, this government based on free will offerings. Uh, there just isn't. People, or we're still spiritually constipated. We still don't understand that it requires diligent people to be free. The not-so-diligent people, the slothful, shall be under tribute. And that's just the way it is. You shall be under tribute. Israel, the kingdom of God, the early church, all the same. When Jesus took the kingdom away from the Pharisees, he took it away from the Pharisees. I'm going to take the kingdom away from you and appoint it to another. We see him saying, I appoint unto you a kingdom. But you're not to be like the princes of the Gentiles. Why is he telling them not to be like the princes of the Gentiles? Because they were the princes of the kingdom. We don't think of them as princes or kings of the kingdom, but they were. They were apostolic apostles, ambassadors of the king, and therefore representatives of the king. But they didn't exercise authority, one over the other. They supplied all the services of government, but they didn't exercise authority, one over the other. The rulers of the world are there to punish the wicked, and most of the wicked are members of that society and are punished daily, and especially on April 15th. Actually, April 15th is just the accounting day for their punishment. Most of them have been punished all year long. They've had to work for free, building the pyramid. That's what they're doing, you know. First two, three hours of every day, they work for the Pharaoh. They're back in the bondage of Egypt. And they should be in the bondage of Egypt because they haven't repented. 
and they haven't sought the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is to form a government based on free will offerings. That's what Abraham did, Moses did, Jesus did. We explain that in the book, Thy Kingdom Comes. If you're on the Living Network uh, at hisholychurch.org, if you're not on the Living Network and you don't understand what we're talking about, read the book, Thy Kingdom Comes. It shows you this is what they were doing. This is the sacrifices that they were making had a purpose. They were free will sacrifices to maintain their government, to sustain their government based on virtue, not force, not the sword. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. Those who live by covetousness are, are caught in the very net that they laid in wait for their neighbor. Proverbs, over and over again. David said it in Psalms. Paul said it through covetousness. Peter says, you shall be made merchandise. And, and Paul, what should have been for your welfare has become a snare. And we made reference to the article that appeared in, in Texas about sovereign citizens and and the idea that they're hidden contracts because you've applied for privileges and benefits. And certainly there are. But the solution is the way in which Christ approached this. In Pentecost, we see thousands upon thousands of Israelites and Judean citizens who happened to be in uh, Jerusalem at that time because it was Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. And why did they have this ingathering of so many people? They'd been having that since way back when. Why? To make sure they knew who their ministers were and their government was and make sure that that support made it all the way up to the temple. They picked their tens, hundreds, and thousands. Ten picked a minister. Now, you just imagine the logistics of this. Everything makes sense in the Bible once you realize they're talking about government. It's not mindless rituals anymore. It actually has a purpose. Ten families pick a minister. That minister gets together with nine other ministers, and they pick a minister. Now, because of the logistics of these people, as you go up this chain of authentication of ministers, recognition of ministers, forming this government of God from the bottom up, those ministers three, four, five levels up, they're not living next door to each other. They're living quite a ways apart. They're spread out throughout a nation. So they have a Pentecost and a Feast of Booze. Feast of Tents, Feast of Tabernacles. In order so that those men could come together representing the families back. And those families could come too. And the local ministers could come. Everybody in the nation didn't go to Pentecost. Everybody in the nation didn't go to, to uh, Feast of Booths. All the homes would be empty, clean across the nation. But they tried to make it, you know, every year or so they would take turns and go. Because it was a big festival. But it also had a purpose. Because they confirmed, this is my minister. And that minister confirmed, this is my minister. And this one confirmed, this is my minister. Until they got up to the porters of the temple. Now most of the charity was taken care of down there in the congregation. But sometimes there's national needs. And we are coming on a time of great national and worldwide needs. And we need to understand the government of God from top to bottom, from left to right. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we explain in the book. I can sit here and read the books, but that don't get you anywhere. We'll talk more about what you can actually do when we return to Keys of the Kingdom.
Hear it first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or... War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free, or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call... 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Hi, Nichols here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or 5 gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I saved my back and hundreds of dollars too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide from my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away at bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. If you're not on the Living Network, uh, we're probably not doing you any good. Uh, we're not really here just to entertain you. Uh, we'll leave that to the Gypsy Rose Lee types of the world who uh, uh, and, the, and the showman preachers that uh, you are entertained by. We're here to tell you the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. Uh, but we're also here to lead you in the way, to show you the way the way that Christ was operating, which was in compliance with what Moses was doing, which was in compliance with what Abraham was doing, because it's the same God, same problems, same solutions. And somehow or other, the preachers of today say, oh, no, you don't have to do any works, just believe. Now, Jesus said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, those are the ones who believe, but the ones who actually do it the will of the Father. Now, that was a pretty clear statement. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It doesn't say, if you love me, you'll be saved. You know, you have to be a doer of the word. Will you? Can you do enough where God will owe you salvation? No. If you're not a doer of the word, forget it. You're not saved. I don't care what you think, what emotional experience you have. If you're not a doer of the word, you're not saved. And you will be one of those that Christ comes to and say, get away from me, workers of iniquity. Remember all those ones who he said that to and said he would say that to, they all thought they were Christians. They thought they were doing the will of Christ and the Father. 
Just because you think it, don't make it so. Let's look at the guidelines. Are you coveting your neighbor's goods to the agency of governments? Are you forcing your neighbor to pay for your education, your welfare, your Social Security, your Medicare, your Medicaid through the agency of government? Because you sacrificed to pay for other people. That's what you paid into. You have nothing on deposit. Somebody was saying the system should have been set up so that you would put money in on deposit and that was your money. You got that system. You could have done that right now. You don't need a system to do that. The system that God provided was that you come together in congregations bound by faith, open charity. Invisible bonds of faith, open charity. Love binds you. You take care of one another out of love. In a congregation bound together by love. Not by contracts, covenants, and constitutions. They talk about contracts hundreds of times in the Bible. And the Ten Commandments talks about making no covenants with the inhabitants where you go, with their gods, with their ruling judges, with their courts and judges. It's so clear. So we need to get this word out on a larger and larger scale. And we're talking about syndicating keys of the kingdom. Syndicating and getting it on other broadcasts all across the nation. And we're going to try to put together enough money to do that, to start with. But as the show becomes more controversial, hopefully a little bit more popular it will be popular with some but it will be very unpopular with others then hopefully other stations will start having us on simply because they want to see the crowds that we can draw I'd love to see some crowds that we can draw we need a real Pentecost now we've got groups around the country that are meeting this week uh, because of the Pentecost nature of this week and this time period uh, of the season not going by any particular calendar here, uh, but there's a purpose to these gatherings, and there are people gathering around the country to formulate congregations of record to start building that chain network that's so important to Abraham, to Moses, to Jesus Christ in the early church, and to verify that recognition, the same as men got together at uh, uh, their con- uh, constitutional convention and verified that they wanted to make contract covenant and constitution contrary to the Ten Commandments but they wanted to do that and that's how they formed their government or began to form their government now since then you've had to meet with them and sign papers too but until you did you weren't a part of that contract you weren't a party to it read the book contract covenants and constitutions Citizens of America were not a party to the Constitution. It was never put to a popular vote, and it was actually, had it been, it would have been voted down. Yet somehow the Americans think that it's their salvation. Well, that's because they don't understand what real salvation is. Real salvation is to stop being the slothful, start being the diligent, start tending to what Jesus Christ said was the weightier matters, of law, judgment, and mercy, and faith, and electing somebody to be your lawmaker is not attending to law, judgment, mercy, and faith. That's giving somebody else the responsibility. When you do that, you give somebody else the power. And when you give them the power, you lose your liberty. Because liberty is the power to choose. But if you don't choose Christ, you will go into bondage and that's what's happened you didn't choose Christ his ways his laws his doctrines his purposes you choose your own you chose your own and you went the wrong way now you got to turn around and go back you got to repent and go back you can't just sign another paper and say oh now I'm free I'm just going to nullify all my contracts where in law can you do that 
they come up with, uh, oh, yeah, you can nullify your contract because it was fraud. How are you going to prove fraud? Where are you going to prove it at? And how could you prove it anyway? Because they wrote all this stuff out. It was in the laws. You don't read the contract, you can't call it a fraud. You're stuck. Because you didn't take the time to read the contract. Yeah, your parents delivered you into bondage. So the parents of the Israelites led, delivered them into bondage. 400 years they were in bondage. They didn't, Moses didn't say come and nullify your contract. He wanted you to learn what it meant to be a free government. And you only were able to learn that during hard times. And guess what? God is going to give you the gift of hard times. They are coming to you soon, to a community and neighborhood near you. Hard times, shortage of food, runaway inflation. What can you do about it? Absolutely nothing. You can't stop it from coming. History will play itself out. Now, what part of history do you want to be? You can do something about that. You can gather together in congregations. You can link yourself with other people seeking the righteousness of God. Link yourself by actually investing your time and energy, and maybe even some money, into finding other souls willing to do it the way Christ said to do it. Christ's way. Faith, open charity. Can you take care of all your social welfare through faith, open charity? Do you love your neighbor? Then get this message out to him. You can do it one by one, and we're doing that. You can do it grassroots, and we're doing that. But let's, they did not stay in the upper room. talking amongst themselves. They already had a network. They could have stayed small in their little network and been comfortable. But no, they went out and faced the very men who crucified Christ, who denied Christ, who said, we have no king but the President of the United States. Oh, no, I mean, no, we have no king but Caesar. A little facetiousness there. Pardon my facetiousness. <laughs> and they faced those men and said, You are the ones who crucified Christ. Of course, they had the Holy Spirit. They also had a proclamation by the procurator of Rome who said, Jesus Christ is King, Jesus Christ is King, Jesus Christ is King. That's why they could work daily in the temple, which was a government building rightly dividing the word and bread from house to house. What bread? The bread donated to them by the people who wanted to live by faith, hope, and charity. Do you want this message out? Well, then act like it. Work in that direction. I actually have people saying, well, uh, let God build it. What the heck is that all about? He told us to be doers of the word. You still want him to do everything. He does it through your actions. Now, if you're not led to do anything, well, go back to watching TV. If you are led to do something, great. Let's do it. Let's talk's cheap. The talk on radio is not cheap. It's going to cost us something. Faith costs us something. Righteousness costs us something. and But we have to seek it. We have to do it. We have to be doers of the Word. When you build this network, what could, you, what could that do? Well, we have a seed share program. We planted a bunch of uh, sweet meat squash that work really well. Tastes as good or better than pumpkin with much longer keepers. And we've been testing it out here, and we've had good success. Now, we've planted it. Hopefully, it will grow quick enough in this high altitude that uh, we've planted it before. This has been a very uh, late, uh, cool season. It's very cool out today, even. 
but we're going to produce as much seed as we can. Hopefully we'll have some to share. And we've got people across the country that are thinking in these same veins to grow extra seed and learn how to grow seed and grow gardens to share them because seeds may become a very important commodity. We also will teach you how to make fresh water where there is no fresh water, how to fill each other's water vases, which are really water purifiers like they did when there was the red tide. The red uh, uh, water came out of the wells uh, and made the water not drinkable. We'll show you how you can make uh, filters or purchase them. I think the the sponsors of this... uh, station sell a Berkey water filter great system you can actually make one just order the uh, filters uh, and you can make one yourself out of uh, common household items but if you have the money go ahead and buy one I think it's uh, every family should have one um, a way in which to turn bad water into good is a good thing uh, his church credit union credit union is not like a bank it's not created for profit it, therefore what it charges as interest is not usury because it's not for gain it's only to pay the expenses of the credit union if it actually makes a profit it has to turn it back to its members that's what they were doing in act six figuring out a way because it was a national government it wasn't just a local congregation if you're just thinking local congregation or a couple of cronies here and there and maybe somebody who has a farm you're not thinking kingdom you don't love your neighbor as much as you love your local congregation. You don't love your local con- other congregations, your adjacent neighboring congregations. You have to think kingdom. And if you don't think kingdom, we're not going to hold you up as a kingdom thinker on the Living Network. Go to org. Join the Living Network in your area. Find out who else is seeking the righteousness of God. Everybody on the network, I'm sure, is not. But if we begin to walk that walk, instead of just talk that talk, we will find out who will make it to the top of the mountain. I've been to the top of the mountain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my Martin Luther King speech. I, I was a mountain climber in my youth. Uh, I didn't go up with a guide. I went up alone. <laughs> <laughs> remember climbing Thor Peak. I came down and they said, well, you can't climb that without ropes. I said, well, I did. <laughs> but it's foolish. My frontal lobe hadn't kicked in yet. Uh, but uh, the fact is, is I've, I've looked at this. I've seen this kingdom concept for years. I see it by the grace of God, and I am compelled by the grace of God to freely share with others what has been freely given to me and syndicating this radio program looks like it's a possibility to begin to move in that direction let's move it it's a steeper part of the mountain it's going to be a little bit harder climb but we need to do it and we're going to talk about it on talk shoe right after this show think of this as Pentecost we just come out we got the baptism of Christ we're being kicked out of the social welfare system of Rome we got thousands of people that are interested in going the ways of the kingdom the ways of Christ the ways of Moses the ways of Abraham the ways of God how are we going to organize ourselves how are we going to put ourselves together how are we going to do this we need to do it for earnest for truth for real and and that's what it's about there can you imagine if we had a network of tens of thousands of people all across this country we have a transportation project uh communications project where people are joining these different groups through the living network you can't find it on our, our web pages you have to find it by actually contacting real people picking a contact minister a personal contact minister help you keep you connected we do not want to be totally dependent upon the internet we don't want to be totally dependent upon phones we use phones a lot most of what goes on doesn't go on on the internet and the living network it's a living network it's not a living internet network the internet we're just using as a tool to get to the kingdom it's a little pathway in which we're traveling on to get to the top of the mountain 
but that kingdom is relational relationship with each other and the relationship with God following his ways not coveting your neighbor's goods not killing being interested in forgiving not only those amongst you but even your enemies you you might want to go back and listen to the blog talk get on our blog to follow our blog talk that's our introductory to this radio show we put we do that and then that gets us into uh, Keys of the Kingdom and Far Radio and then then we have a talk show afterwards with those who want to discuss some of these matters and the only way to find out about that is join the Living Network and say hey how do you get on talk show actually you probably could find that on one of our web pages but the reality is, is this requires participation. The kingdom always requires participation, and it requires it of diligent people. And it requires it of righteous people and virtuous people, and none of us are righteous and none of us are virtuous as we need to be. But in walking that walk, we don't know how to walk in the kingdom. But in walking that walk, we learn. Iron sharpens iron. We have to learn together. That's why it's important to form these congregations of record, and their probably their primary purpose now is to find others. Find the lost sheep. We are a scattered flock. The, I mentioned the dry bones in blog talk, I think it was. Uh, the dry bones. Can they come together? Can you fit them all together? Can you connect them? And what what is the sinew that binds these bones together? Is it contracts? Or is it love for one another? And if love for one another, what kind of love? Is it God's love? devil loves you too. He loves you like my cat loves birds. My cat loves birds. And the devil loves you the same way. <laughs> so, <laughs> get my drift. Make the connection. We need the other kind of love. Don't come to gather together for what you can get out of it. You will. You'll still come with that because we're not pure souls. But let your motivation be what can I do for others. Because that's the character of Christ. And when that's your character, you have made room in your heart, in your soul, in your being for the Holy Spirit. And when you come into one accord with Christ and His way, you come into one accord with the Holy Spirit. And you will have your Pentecost and you will see the kingdom of God at hand. And you will know what you can do. I've given you a glimpse of some of the things that you can do. Forming a network of communication that connects with people all around the world. You can do that. You can, do, you can start doing that right now. A network of uh, supplies, of information, of seeds, of fresh water in your community and all around so that you can go from community to community and you know where to stop. To gather together, we, we have a Blue Mountain retreat coming up in the middle of the summer here. It's not a convenient time for me, but I'm going to try to get down there. We'll try to have Richard there. Of course, Rick will be there. Um, uh, and we'll try to cover that as best we can. But then we have a fall retreat. And right now we're having Pentecostal meetings around the country, Pentecost meetings around the country. Um, and if we build this network and syndicate this radio station, this radio program, so that more and more people want to hear the keys of the kingdom. And those that don't want to hear it will hear it anyway, because we need to tell those that don't want to hear it too, so they have no excuse. They'll say, oh, we never heard this. Hey, Brother Gregory told you. We need to put our light, our lamp, on a lampstand, not hide it in the bushel basket or the haystack of the Internet. So many people are, are being 
uh, lead still, after 30 years, I still see people falling for these scheme after scheme after scheme, which will lead you to nothing but disaster. We need to show Christ's plan for what it is and give people the opportunity to choose it. And those who choose it, everyone that chooses to come together in this network of faith, open charity, will make everybody in that network richer who are in that network with the Spirit of Christ, richer. That is your treasure, is in the kingdom, in this this gathering of people through faith, open charity. That makes us all richer. It's like every time we get another congregation, it's like adding another Ramada into our corporate uh, portfolio, <laughs> except for the fact that it's not commerce. It's love. Can you imagine the momentum of such a thing if people were actually to do it? If Christians would actually be followers of Christ, you would have a power, a viable republic in the heart of this world government. People are worried about the world government. You should be worried about the fact that you're not a part of Christ's government. You're not doing what Christ said. You go to your church and it has its form of godliness, but it is denied the power thereof. And when you pray for daily bread, you go to the governments of the world and the ministers of the world and the priests of the world who operate like the Pharisees with the Corban that made the word of God to none effect. The churches today are making the word of God to none effect. The ministers of today are making the word of God to none effect. Because they are not being the social welfare system of Christ based on faith, open charity. It's not about just being nice. It's about being effective as a nation of people. It's about making sure that no widow, orphan, or what have you is left behind within your congregations of congregations. That's what's so important. I, I repeat this, and I think it's important because somebody is listening. If you form a congregation, but that congregation is not connected with other congregation, how is your congregation loving the next congregation as much as it loves itself? And if you have gone that way, you have not gone the way of Christ. It's simple. So we'll see you on Talk Show, and we can discuss these matters, and you can argue with me if you dare try. <laughs> Till then, may peace be upon your house, and God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.